Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. With Sportsbet's Bet With Mates new chat feature, you can now bet and banter all in the one place. So bet with mates chat now. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I'm legendary. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lachnan, Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, it certainly is. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, the best spot to be on a Saturday morning, of course. It is Jay-Z, Joey and Limo with you. Big grey outside, top of 16 expected. Hopefully we get a little bit of sunshine. As I say, hello to my great mate, Lee Montagna. 287 games, two-time All-Australian, now a St Kilda Hall of Fame member. How are you, buddy? Hello, Jay-Z, Limo. What a nice week it's been. We've bonded as a nation, haven't we, over the Matildas on Wednesday night. We always start by asking, where were you? What were you doing? I was at home on the couch by myself, bottle yep. of red, pack of cheds, right. kids went to bed, Aaron went to bed, celebrated by myself for a bit you, there. Did you watch it solo? I did. The, my my uh, little fella and Aaron watched the first 20, 25 minutes and then they got a bit bored and went to bed and then I sat up by myself. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, and I nice. uh, had the moment, I did get a bit vocal when Sam Kerr scored. Did and you jump off got, the couch? I did. Actually, mate, I did because I got a text from Aaron, just tone it down, I keep the voice down. Because oh. <laughs> she was in the bedroom, yeah, and heard me. So One of the great moments of all time yeah, is you're getting yeah. to tone it down. So, um, yeah, but that's how, oh. how I spent yeah. the night. What about you? Uh, I was at a pub uh, watching it with a friend. Uh, I've enjoyed some of the Sam Kerr headlines. Kapow. Oh, <laughs> you know, and all, all, all that sort of yes. stuff. How, we missed you last week, Lemo. Uh, um, where have you been? You've been busy as usual on a cruise ship or something? Yeah, I've been doing a few corporate gigs, but I've, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. I was in Hamilton Island for three days yep. on a corporate. Then I came back. Oh, hang was, on, hang for on. the Matildas? Uh, or, hang on, hang no. On. That was earlier. Just, uh, yeah, just a standard a corporate work, gig. A work trip. And then I came Good back, stuff. then I went to the Gold Coast for two days, and this week I've been in Port Douglas for a couple of days. Oh, Can I tell you the hardest thing about these gigs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right, you might think this, they sound great, but the hardest thing wow. is pretending to your wife that you're having a terrible <laughs> yeah. time. That is the biggest <laughs> challenge. Give us a snapshot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh babe, I'll tell you, babe, I've got to share a green room with a bunch of burlesque dancers. You <laughs> <laughs> know how annoying that is? <laughs> And the sand uh, at these beaches is so white, it kind of doesn't look real, to be honest with you. And the water temperature, not as warm as you'd think. Yes. I tell you, and I nearly got yes. sunburnt on day one. I mean, come on. Come on. And what uh, happens when the waiter comes over and you, can she hear him in the background? So like, um, uh, Mojito, Anthony? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That gives it away. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, I said, babe, there were so many pallets of beer at the awards night, I nearly couldn't get onto the stage. I mean, it was horrible. Did you get out in the sun, though, Lemo? Because you come back from these Queensland trips, so I feel you're sort of the same. I'm as, I'm as pasty as I've ever been. No, I don't really get out in the sun. Quick dip in the pool. So oh. where'd you watch the Matildas? Though? Were you at home Wednesday night? I was at the at the Blackman's Brewery in Grovedale doing a gig right. uh, down Ooh. at Geelong there. And then the gig finished at eight. I jumped in the car, listened to the first half driving back from yep. Geelong. Yep. And then watched the second half with the wife and the young fella. Yeah, and the young nice. fella was so into it. I was yep. loving it. Yep. He was pumped. He got up in the morning, next morning. He goes, Dad, I'm so mad. I said, why is that? He goes, Matilda's lost. Yeah. I said, oh, I like the passion, mate. We're on board. We're going to be speaking to Heather Garrick from Channel 7 later. Of course, don't drop off, Joey. There's still a bronze medal up for grabs. They take mm. on Sweden. 6 p.m. tonight. We're going to talk about uh, all things Matilda's a little bit later on. But what about the big story in the AFL last night? Collingwood starting to get the shakes. Are Brisbane the new premiership favourite? And will Dev Robertson 
be on the 2024 AFL Men for All Seasons calendar. <laughs> I, I think he's a dollar two after last yeah. night's performance. Didn't my wife's interest in the footy suddenly <laughs> or go up a couple of notches when he lost his uh, jumper? Right, we're going to be speaking pies. What's wrong with the defence? It was a big game and a big story which eventuated at Marvel Stadium last night as the Brisbane Lions ran out 24-point winners over the Māori Magpies. This is how it went down. Here comes Cameron at the front of the pack, falls. Oh, bursting through. Archie! Dano picked it up cleverly, cleanly. And that was a great snapping goal from Joe Danaher. Charlie Cameron turns Quainer inside out. Over the door for Eric. Takes it, bounce, runs in. And Eric's kicked another one for the line. McCluggage picks up the crumbs. Fletcher with a nice step. And there's your sealer. 16th win of the season for the Brisbane Lions. They fire a big shot come September. Uh, you're right, Howie. It certainly was a big shot. And uh, Lockie Neal, outstanding last night. Uh, Joey Danaher, fantastic. Lockie Neal with 31 possessions. Dunkley with 25. McKenna, 26. As the Lions, I thought, made a big statement. I think they're the premiership favourites, Joey. Uh, Collingwood are still the premiership favourites. I think they're a false favourite because you look over the... And you, you say this all the time. Yes, Collingwood's start to the season was magnificent. They looked invincible. Over the past four to six weeks... What has gone wrong with a backline? They conceded another 124 points last night. Yeah, anyone who, who's still going to try and, I suppose, make excuses for Collingwood and say they've got some injuries or it's because they're on top of the ladder, you, you need to go back. And, and we spoke about it, Jay, six weeks ago, and you, you go back since round 13, so the last 10 weeks of footy, mm-hmm. their numbers indicate that they are just an average side. The way their defence, their contest work, their, their inside 50s against, and their 6-4 and four win-loss record. And that looks okay, but two of those wins were very lucky. Adelaide at the MCG, inaccuracy. They probably should have lost the Port Adelaide game where they were dominated but found a way to win. They maybe covered over some cracks. Mm. This has been coming for the second half of the year. Yes, they were dominant in the first 10 weeks of the season, but what matters now coming into finals is your form at the back end of the year, and they're going to have to have a dramatic turnaround in form if they are to want to win this premiership. You can't just flick a switch Come finals time, mm. it doesn't happen. History says it doesn't happen because you are going to be coming up against the very best who are at the prime and the peak of their power. So they've got some work to to do the pies. We'll get to Craig McRae in a second, but what's happening back there? Why are they suddenly so loose? What 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 is what has changed back there? Jeremy Howe's playing forward. They're crying out with Darcy Moore out. They're crying out for someone like him to intercept Mark. Why is he playing forward? There's two parts for me. The first part, early in the year, they were dominating winning the ball in the middle of the ground. So mm. that protects your defence. And they had all the numbers around the footy. So even if they didn't win the ball, they pl- applied enough pressure that it allowed their defenders to take those intercept marks. Now that they are losing more of those contests in the middle of the ground, teams are walking through and getting easier looks going inside 50, Mm. and it's putting Collingwood's defense, who are quite a loose defense. They like to zone off and support one another and help out. But when the ball's coming in, and they are conceding a lot more entries than they are providing at their own end, it's just putting them on the back foot, and it's been building for for four, six, eight weeks. So a lot of people are saying no Dacos, no more. This is why they're struggling. But you're saying, Jerry, it runs a little deeper than that. Well, it is because how much would to see Dacos, Dagoe, I mean, Darcy Moore, he had been playing, but they've conceded now their last four games, Limo, 93 points, 105, 101, 124. That's not Nick Dacos. Nick Dacos is not really helping no. them defend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the defense stuff, which is your system and, and your work together and – and all the, the key parts that all premiership teams need to have is just not there. Very interesting. Craig McRae, the Coloma coach, last night conceded they got a big problem in that back half. I think the last four or five weeks we've, we've just conceded too many goals, too many points. Number one defensive team in the competition for major parts of the year, but 
Yeah, we've lost that mantle in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we're not happy with the way we're defending the ground. They're in different phases of that. I think our pressure's been good, but um, yeah, we're not defending the ground like we once were. But the absolute highlight last night for mine, mm. uh, Devin Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> Having his jumper ripped off and actually playing jumperless yes. for a little while, which I don't think I've ever seen. Have you ever seen yeah. that, Joe? I can't think of a time. I've seen Corey Enright running with that shorts on for a while when he's in his Speedos, but not uh, without a top. Uh, jumperless. And I'll tell you what, if I had a rig like Devin Robinson, yes. I'd be I'd never put a shirt on. Uh, this is how the Triple M team called it. Looks fantastic. And he's not going anywhere, Dev. He's staying out there, Bailey. He could get a possession here, which will get the cameras on him, which I think is what he's after. He gets caught with the jumper. Elliot's had enough of it. He tries to get away like Superman. Now he's lost the whole thing. He's thrown it in the air. And now he's bare-chested. It's like Hulk Hogan in the wrestling dance. And his top's off. And top's he's off. standing on the mark. No top on. It's versus jumpers. And he, he, you can't be allowed to play without a jumper. He's got a rippling six-pack and pecs. You could have your dinner off. <laughs> have your dinner off his pecs. Are we learning a bit about how he with that comment? Uh, Chris Fagan spoke about it post-match as well. Well, I suppose if I had the build that um, Dan yeah. Robertson Scott, I'd be probably pretty happy running around for a couple of minutes with, with no top on. And I'm sure that those who like that sort of thing in the audience would have been pretty happy too. <laughs> yeah. Those who like that sort of thing. Yeah. Thanks, I think we're all putting our hands up there, aren't um, we? It was a magnificent look. Have you ever seen a man just in less of a rush to put his oh, shirt back no, on? No, I think no. that's the main hey. takeaway. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Hey, as we touched on, Brisbane, 24-point winners over the Collingwood Football Club. Are they the team to beat now, Joey? Oh, they're in the box seat to play in a grand final because now I don't think they should be leaving the Gabba. They play St Kilda next week at home. Mm. They've won 29 of their last 33 at home yep. or 32. And then they'll have a first final. They should be winning that, stay for a prelim. So I think right now they've got one foot in the door to be at the MCG grand final day. Is it a choke if they don't make the grand final? Oh, got Leroy, Brisbane supporter, nodding. Yeah, I think it would be because this is their fifth crack at it now, Lemo. They've been a top four team for five years. At some point, you have to get to a grand final, and they are not going to have a better chance than they will this year. Yeah, absolutely. Fully fit, home prelims, at the right age, maturity-wise, with all their personnel. They lack nothing. They lack for nothing. No excuses. At different points... Basically, five teams have been the form team of the comp this year, and they're the top five. Collingwood, Brisbane, Port Melbourne, and Carlton. Who then will Brisbane play in the grand final, well, in your opinion? In my opinion, I've still had, I've had Melbourne my number one seed for a long way out. I think that their contest and defence is, is, the is the best in the competition, and that holds up in finals. And now they've got a bit of their offensive flow going. I still think Melbourne are the team for me that – I'd be wanting to uh, put my faith in if I had to. Doesn't look like Brody Grundy's going to be part of that finals assault, though, as we've been uh, talking about for the past couple of weeks. Big game for the Ds. They play the Hawks uh, mm. tomorrow. We'll be covering game. that. Another danger game, Lemo. Oh, oh so you <laughs> We are up and about. <laughs> Sam Mitchell doing... Are we the best 16th ever? <laughs> uh, tanking, I don't think so. Hey, the big story yesterday, of course, over the past 40 hours, 48 hours, has been the future of West Coast coach Adam Simpson. Have they hit the tipping point? Fifth 100-point loss of the season, the derby to Fremantle last week. The Bunsen burner has been turned up, clearly on the senior coach. And the board considering, can we go forward with uh, Adam Simpson at the helm or do we need a fresh voice? Do we need a change to help re-energise this football club? I want your thoughts on this, Joey, but let's have a listen to Adam Simpson grilled by the West Australian Press yesterday. My position hasn't changed. It's just that this, this time of year we're trying to get a bit of clarity about the future, I suppose, is, is where we're at. Yeah, I think what's happened the last few days, 
was more about, you know, we're doing a lot of planning at the moment. So there's a lot of recruiting, you know, with the staff, list management, coaching, all that sort of stuff. And I'm at the top of that. So working through all that's important and making sure there's, there's clarity about the role. So that's, you know, that's where that's at. In terms of when that gets decided, it's out of my hands. And I'm not stamping my feet, but getting some clarity around that's what I'm looking for. But um, my, my role hasn't changed and my purpose hasn't changed. It's just there's... There's going to be some ups and downs. There's a lot of work to do. So once we get clarity around that, we'll, we'll move forward. I think the board will be having a look at the Eagles game against the Western Bulldogs this weekend and then home next week against Adelaide. I think that'll be Adam Simpson's farewell game, Joey. Where, do you really? Yeah, how do you see it playing out? Well, Do you think they need to replace him? Well, Two years left on his contract. Yeah, there, I've been of the view that... They've still got two years of, of real heavy lifting to Pain. go. Definitely next year and probably the year after of not having enough young talent to really start to, you know, show any real you know, positivity from that point of view. They're still transitioning out all these old veterans. So my take is if Simo's your coach and you're paying him anyway, let him do the – do the shit. Do the stuff yeah. that, like, do the heavy Cop lifting. It. Cop it. Cop it for another 12 months, Lima, because the, you got, the other tidy option. Tidy up your mess, son, Tidy and up your own mess. Yeah, because, because my concern is if you go and bring in the best young coach that's out there, whether it's a Jinsu Kuza or someone yeah. else, they're going to have two years of, like, some really awkward periods of transitioning the list and playing kids that aren't ready and – so they're going to come into their third year already under pressure, mm. already with the, you know, like going grey. I'm like, just give them a bit of clean air and let Simo do one more year. But I can understand the flip side. I understand they can't just keep having 100-point losses and they need to be more competitive and what it's doing for, for everyone over there. But, gee, the, but next, it, the next coach next year, if it isn't a new coach, is going to have two years of hell before they even start to get some fresh air and head, head north. But it runs deeper than the list, though, doesn't yeah, it? That's because right. They it's are, a whole of club. You look at them play – they're just insipid. Yep. yep. Like, look, they're just walking around the ground some yeah, of the time. They, they are, yeah. Well, of the young players, Joe, I mean, Jinby, big tick, Hewitt, big tick. Who else do you like? At the, the moment, age? there's not much. Maybe Noah Long tries hard. He's yep. a kid that's had a crack. Yep. But they've got a long way to go. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. But they'd be more competitive if they had all their best players out there for yeah. a start. So that was that's where I think they'd be more competitive next year if it was with Adam Simpson. If McGovern and Brass play a whole year, yep. they're going to be much more competitive. So that's been a big part of the problem. Certainly going to be some changes in their fitness department. We know that. Hey, uh, also from last night's game, I think uh, Collingwood could lose another one, Joey and Lemo. I think uh, the wrecking ball, Bo McCreary. Oh, dangerous tackle. Suspended. I think it'd be one match. He really sort of slammed old mate Darcy Wilmot um, into the into the turf. It's sort of that classic dangerous tackle action, which you've re- repeatedly seen players banned for um, over the journey this season. Pins his arm and head into the ground. He was sort of looked a little bit dazed for a second, but then got back up to his feet. So they're missing Dacos, missing more. Uh, hopefully, Dugowie comes back for that clash against Essendon, but McCreary out. Are the Bombers any sniff? Do they, oh. Your forecast forward? I know they're going to play the Giants today. Yeah, don't know. It depends on how today goes, if their season's alive or not. Friday night. If the, it's alive, if their season's alive and they must win, yeah, it'd be fascinating Friday night. Friday night will be absolutely rocking at the MCG. We've got Rusty coming up next. We're talking Shane Van Gisbergen, a massive move to NASCAR confirmed. That's coming up next on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kat, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey, Jay, Kat, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. 
Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Yes, we love this each week. A good mate, Greg Rust from the Rusty's Garage podcast, which you can get for free on the listener app, of course. He's on the line. Good morning, Rusty. Good morning, all. How are we? Hey, Rusty, it's all happening in the supercars with Shane Van Gisbergen set to leave for NASCAR at the end of the year, and a rising young star has landed his seat. Yeah, we talked about it on last week's show, didn't we, that uh, Will Brown had confirmed he was leaving the Erebus team, but there was no confirmation on where he was headed, despite the fact that most of us who were at Queensland Raceway at the time thought that it was uh, absolutely going to happen. So Red Bull Ampole Racing, or the, the famed Triple Eight team, have confirmed that Will Brown will switch from uh, the Erebus squad, and he's going to take over from Shane Van Gisberg in one of the plum spots uh, in the supercars paddock, the supercars grid. Fans are a bit divided on this. Um, some feel that Erebus has given him a great opportunity, and he kind of should reward that loyalty, but it is... Uh, a team with such an incredible record, you couldn't really turn down that sort of opportunity, could you? It is. Well, I wouldn't turn it down, that's for sure, Rusty. <laughs> it means that the musical chairs, uh, what motorsport calls the silly season, is going to be one of the biggest in many years. So who else is on the move? When you look at it on paper, um, with the exception maybe of Dick Johnson Racing, where Will Davison and Anton Di Pasquale are locked away, every other team has got some sort of movement happening. So either new drivers, there's talk of some that are going to upsize, i.e. have more cars on the grid next year, and there are others that are going to downsize as well. Uh, we know now, as of uh, late yesterday afternoon, that Jack LeBrock, who is with Matt Stone Racing, is going to switch and take over Will Brown's position at Erebus. So, yeah, the game of, as you can rightly say, musical chairs or what we call silly season is well underway. And Rusty, is there any truth to this rumour mill story from the boys on the Triple M Adelaide Brecky show that the supercars have been sold? I can't get to the bottom of this, but some think where there's smoke, there's fire. So let me give you both sides to it. The supercars are at the Bend Circuit, beautiful circuit in South Australia this weekend. It is owned by the Shahin family. Sam Shahin uh, and his brother Yasser, they're very, uh, very wealthy. Um, have had service stations and more in, in uh, South Australia. Some believe they are making another play for the sport and they haven't ruled it out when they've been asked about it either. Sam basically said, look, we don't comment on businesses when we're doing due diligence, when we're looking at new opportunities and so on. On the flip side, executive from Supercars have rubbished it and said there's no truth to it um, whatsoever. So it's certainly got a lot of journos in the paddock talking, that's for sure. Uh, thank you very much, Greg Rast, for Bendix Breaks. Good on you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Welcome back to Triple M's Dead Set Legends. 10.36 on your Saturday morning. Huge day of footy. What are you looking at me like that, Jay? A little time hey, check? Little, like that's sort of the old hey, school. Like an anchor, anchor type scenario. Like, top of 17 degrees. We're <laughs> 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 we too cool for that sort of stuff. Traffic flowing across the west gate. I'm like, just take me under your wing, Levo. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning a massive game of footy uh, today, fellas. Clearly, um, Geelong St Kilda tonight. Mm. I, why aren't the Saints favourite for this, Joey? I mean, I think they've been in good form. The Saints under Ross, the boss. First half against Richmond a fortnight ago. Oh, sorry, Carlton. 
very good, but then faded and then controlled the game against Richmond. Have they got the Cats measure tonight under the roof? Oh, you'd like to think so. They've, they've certainly been the better team all year. I mean, only two teams haven't been out of the top eight, Collingwood and St Kilda, mm. for the whole season. Oh. Saints deserve their spot. Uh, there's two ways this is going, Limo. They're either going to play finals <laughs> and everyone's going to praise Ross the boss and what a great year considering the injuries and the list they've got. Or they're going to do a Carlton. And they're going to be in the top eight all the way till the final round of the season and then slip out next week. That's how much tonight, the difference between winning and losing tonight is. Well, you know who they play next week. Yeah, Brisbane at the Gabba. Brisbane at the Gabba. So let's call that a loss. Yes. Mm -hmm. They have to win this game. They've that's got right, no choice. Yes, that's it. They have to win this but game. But destiny's in their own hands. So it's a great position to be. Yeah. And they're a team, the Geelong, it's not the formidable Geelong that no. we've We've you know grown to revere. It's been an average Geelong this year. There's been a lot of talk and a lot from the coach. If we get our best team, if mm. we find our best mm. footy, if 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 they're running out of time, the Cats. Now is there still this one little oh. one more time of if you know if if they win this, they then play Bulldogs at Geelong. Can they make it? I'm not convinced. I think St Kilda should be confident. If St Kilda beat the Catters here, is it rebuild time for the Cats? No, no, I'm not. I'm not buying into that anymore. I think the transitioning is the way to go about it. They, they mm. can, you know, move some older players on, still bring in some talent, and stay competitive and continue to challenge. That's why I like Richmond's model. Mm. I, I think that that's probably the way that a lot more teams are going these days, rather than trying to, you know, wipe out everyone and start again. So they'll still be around the mark. The Cats don't worry about that, but they've got some issues with their list. But Tom Hawkins back. They've got to make sure they find a way St Kilda to not let Hawkins and Cameron mm. kick too many. Control Dangerfield, control Tom Stewart. Take away their big guns. And I think underneath, you know, underneath that, there's not as much there as there was in the past for the Cats. So Jezza Cameron kicked seven goals. Four looked unstoppable mm. at times against Collingwood. Then bought a caravan uh, after that uh, that game, of course. So he's had a big week, Jezza. Did he, uh, did he post it? Did he go buy a caravan? Titanium caravan. Did he I'm really? Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, he listens yeah, to us right. on Sunday. We talk about titanium caravans. And sure enough, went and bought out a it's a nice one too, Joe. Good. Yeah, it's Very a nice, nice. one. Is it, how many does it sleep? Do you know? Nine. Nine? Yeah. It's a nine better. It's a nine better. He's got plenty of money. Have you noticed Ross Lyon, who we love? We're, we're number, we're 1A on the Ross Lyon bandwagon, mm-hmm. clearly. But have you noticed in press conferences, he asks questions that he clearly already knows the answer to? So he sort of says stuff like this. Um, have we been out of the eight all season? No, he knew that. Yeah. And then he says... Is that offensive record pretty good? I know he knows his top four. So he sort of asks these questions as if he doesn't know the answer. It's a good them. Ross Lyon impersonation, by the way, Daisy. Uh, yeah, good. it's very good. Hey, it's got to be an emotional um, afternoon at the MCG for the Richmond faithful yeah. and a couple of their premiership heroes. Trent Koch and Lemo, yes. Jack Rewalt. And, and Dimmer's going to be there as well today because, of course, he wants to celebrate. He'd be very close to Jack Rewalt and Trent Koch, of course. W- would it be awkward... Joey down in the rooms afterwards when the old coach no comes into the no, rooms no no okay no what what sort of um... no the respect that they'd have he's he's friends with them for life no I think yep. it'd be a nice moment for him to go in the rooms yeah. one more go back in there and just give everyone hugs and mm. tell him misses all and then says goodbye. I'll see you. Throws down a puff of smoke and disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Would there be tears shed? I reckon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There will be. It is. It is. It's a grieving process when you finish your career. How have you rated the careers of Trent Cotchin and Jack Raybould? Well, it's. I mean, we've spoken a lot about it. They're going to be AFL, AFL greats. I mean, to be able to turn around a club like Richmond that. You know, had had a lot of sort of almost success and ninth finishes, and then they'd played finals three years in a row and weren't able to progress. And then for them to sit down and completely change the way they played and the way that they drove that football club to have the dynasty they did, mm. they deserve all the accolades they they have received and will continue to receive.
Is there any chance that Cochin or Rewalt could do a Luke Hodge and go to play at the Gold Coast next year? With Dimmer. Small. Yeah. Small chance. Some. Dusty. Yeah. No, I'm not buying into that. Okay. It's, it's sexy. The talk about Dusty's been sexy for three, four, five years that he's yep. going to leave. I think he'll stay at Richmond. Yeah. But maybe he might, Hardwick will find something to bring if to you, help the Gold Coast Suns. If you were going to pick one of those two, Rewalt. I think Jack Rewalt's got footy left in him. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm surprised he retired. I think he was playing well enough to go around again. Mm. Um, Could so, see him in a Gold Coast jumper. So, alongside year. Ben King, alongside Lacocious, alongside young Jed Walter, mm. who's going to be a young, maybe Jack Rowan as a mentor, an assistant coach. Yes, yeah. Um, although, I'm not sure. Not I mean, sure. Might be on 360. I was going to say, Fox Footy might have an offer for him or something. <laughs> Jared and yes. Robbo and Jack. A, um, can North spoil the party? It's a big occasion. Nah, just not quickly. today. Not today. The Tigers have to send the pair out with a victory, yeah. don't they? I'll tell you what, I'm putting on the record, Jack Rowan will kick five at least yeah. today. They That'd will be, be looking for Jack. He will be looking for the ball. Don't worry <laughs> about that. And he'll have at least five goals today. Oh, very good. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Kiss, of course, isn't the legendary Rockers, Leroy. Nice one there. We've just had a passionate debate about grand final start time. We might have to dig back into that uh, at some important point. <laughs> a, a Kiss still in the mix for yeah, entertainment. Yeah, rumoured to be performing grand final day. Would that be a good? Not yeah, during the yeah. day, no. Their makeup will melt. It won't look good. They're, they're a nighttime band. Oh, very good. Right. We need to talk some basketball because it has been a big week for the Boomers and a big injury story around Jock Landau. We'll get to that in a second. We played three games. We beat Venezuela, lost to Brazil, which was disappointing, but then beat South Sudan in the last one, 88 67. The World Cup starts next week. We've got Steve Smith from ESPN, Gun Basketball Journal, on the line. Good morning to you, Steve. Morning, lads. How are we? How often do you get confused on Twitter for the uh, for the Australian cricket? That must happen a bit. Uh, it's it's probably settled down a little bit over the last uh, little while, but the Ashes sort of fired that up again for a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, there's a lot of mates uh, having a bit of a laugh now. Steve, you could have some firm cricket opinions and get some followers, I reckon, if you, <laughs> yes. if you pushed it out there. Hey, uh, on to the Boomers. What are our expectations going into this World Cup? Um, prior to the Jock Landale injury, I think our expectation, expectations were uh, probably to try and win it, almost certainly. Um, I think we were in, well in the mix for to medal. Even now, I still think we should finish in the top three or four, um, but it's, it's going to be real hard without Jock. So is that confirmed, Steve, that he's out of the tournament? We're just sort of getting an update. What's the latest there? Yeah, at this stage, um, Brian Gorgian talked about it post-game after the third game and uh, that he's not planning. He's certainly not travelling with the team. They flew to to Tokyo uh, yesterday, and he didn't he didn't fly out. So look, I don't expect him to be available even later on. They've kept him in the in the squad, but I, I, I can't see him playing. He he turned that ankle pretty hard. He was already dealing with a right ankle issue that had kept him out of the first two games, and he turned his left one really really badly. So it looked nasty from the start, and and it's it's such a big blow for them. We were already really really light on for for quality big um, to, to start. So now all the focus is on Duop Reese because he'll have to play the majority of the minutes now that Landale would have would have given us. And it is a blow because he is part of this, I suppose it's the new wave, isn't it, of, of Australian talent that we're going to be leading with this yep. boomer side, led by obviously Josh Giddy and we know some of the other young talent, Josh Green, etc. So it is the new wave. How do you see this squad for this World Cup, but also developing into the future? Could this be our greatest ever mm. sort of boomer squad? We know about the teams in the 90s with Gaze and Heel and all that, but has this got the potential to be the best? Yeah, it really does. Um, I think given that the, the depth is probably the thing that, that stands out the most for me, I think 
this is a squad that you can plug and play all 13 guys. It was actually going to be really hard. The, the general consensus was that Jack White, who had just won a championship with Denver, he was going to be the last man cut. And that's a brutal blow because he's really, really good. Mm. And so you can plug and play a whole bunch of these guys. And I, I think that's what we saw in the warm-up games without Landau playing was that Gorgian thought, well, we'll go small a little bit. And you, we saw a bunch of combinations where there was, you know, somebody like Xavier Cooks or Nick Kay playing at the centre spot, which isn't their natural position. And so everyone plays up a little bit. So Joe Ingalls and Matisse Bible are suddenly playing the power forward role and, and just gives guys like Josh Green and, and Dante Exum uh, more minutes to be that spark plug off the bench. If we are struggling through the World Cup, is there any chance that Ben Simmons could land his gold <laughs> chopper on a helipad in Tokyo somewhere and come and save the day? No, look, I, I genuinely don't think that's probably a, a realistic chance for this tournament. Is he, is he a chance for, for the Olympics next year? Yes. Um, the doors have always been left open for him. I think, though, that would probably be his last realistic chance to, to play for Australia at, at a major tournament. So the World Cup kicks off Friday, 25th of August. We've got Finland, Germany, Japan. Just give us an insight, Steve, about the US team, how strong they are. Clearly the team to beat, but we expect to be meddling. How, how strong are the US? Uh, not as strong as they probably have been in years past. Um, they're definitely gettable. I think it's not a team that strikes fear into into Australia. It certainly doesn't strike fear into some of the other international teams as well. Canada is really deep as well. But the US team, they'll be led by Anthony Edwards. Uh, he is up and coming, and he's going to be a, a problem for, for any team that they come against. I think the biggest problem for, for their coach, Steve Kerr, is Every single one of those players is is a really good player on their NBA teams, and they all expect to have the ball in their hands. Mm. So I think you know you've, you've, there's only one ball, and um, chemistry, and just that knowing how to play together at international level is an advantage that Australia and, and some of the other international teams have. Now, Steve, how nervous do the NBA teams get around the World Cup because they do not want injuries to their key mm. players? Yeah, they don't. Um, it's probably not as bad now as as, as it might have been 10, 15 years ago, where there was genuine. Um, pressure put on players to not play. I think they understand, teams understand now that just how passionate um, players are about pulling on that national jersey. So it's, it's probably not as bad as it used to be, but I can guarantee that every single general manager of the 30 NBA teams would be nervous watching <laughs> watching this tournament unfold. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. So Australia's game to the World Cup. Keep kicking off next week. We've got Finland on Friday, Germany on Sunday, Japan uh, the following Tuesday, all in the evening uh, Melbourne time, of course. So it should be fantastic to watch. And as you say, Steve, big medal chance. The Boomer's going to be fantastic. Thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. That is Steve Smith, ESPN Gun Basketball Journo, of course. Right, we need to tap into the Collingwood fan base, men. So if you're listening, you, you think you, you know the moves that need to be made, how Fly's going to fire them, how worried are you about this uh, 2023 season, which started so magnificently, wheels just starting to fall off, Lemo. Well, we want to hear from Collingwood fans. One triple three five three is our number. Call now. Are you worried? Are you nervous? Or are you nice and relaxed? Are you all good? Yes. Going into September. There's some defensive issues. There's no doubt about that. We're going to tap into it, of course, on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
Hey, finals fever just around the corner. Some massive AFL story. Super Saturday today, and we're still gripped in Matilda's fever, Lemo. Don't forget the Matildas. Mm. We'll be talking about them in this second hour. But what about the story last night at Marvel Stadium? Brisbane Lions, 24-point winners over the Pies. The Pies were unbackable six weeks ago, Joey. Now let's look at their last five weeks. Ooh. They only just beat Port. They've lost to Carlton, lost to Hawthorne, just beat Geelong and lost to Brisbane. Car- uh, Collingwood fans, we want to talk to you this morning. Mm. How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you feel- still feeling okay about September? One triple three five three is our number. Patrick in South Melbourne, where are you at with the pies? Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you reckon, uh, mate? I'm pretty. I'm still pretty confident. I feel. I feel their best foot is better than anyone else. And they obviously haven't been able to prove that the last four, six, four to six weeks. But mate, I'm still very confident with them. And I don't really appreciate all the slander towards them. They have a couple <laughs> rough weeks, but I understand they're meant to be the best in the competition. But all of you is just. Just absolutely shit on them. That's a few bad bosses. What's the, where's the slander, Patrick? Just saying that they're not playing. they not playing well at the moment. How's that slander? You're not saying. You're just, you're just comparing them to shit, and you're saying everyone's a failure. Not just Collingwood in general, but Brisbane Lions as well. You say if they don't make the grand final, they, they've choked the whole season. You can't just appreciate some good players. Let's go to Isaac in Maribyrnong. Isaac, where are you at with the pies? Morning, boys. Um, yeah, I'm a. I don't know. It is a hard one. I think Joey probably hit the nail on the head. Earlier on, I think earlier in the year, or for the first, you know, whatever it was, until, up until the bye, um, we were, you know, we set up really hard or really aggressively defensively and all across the ground, but our midfield was winning most of those um, 50-50 balls and the midfield was getting on top. But now, you know, the last six weeks, they haven't been getting on top. And because that, you know, defensive, aggressive um, style that we play from the back end, um, it, 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 is, it is easy to get out the back um, and even when we were winning, they were still getting easy goals. It's just because they weren't, you know, the midfield was on top for most of the game. So you could sort of, it sort of glossed over it a little bit. Um, I think the other thing is it's, it's a pretty easy, uh, pretty even, sorry, comp this year. I don't think there's any other standouts um, either. So I'm still pretty bullish. Yeah, good point, Isaac. No, you're right, mate. The midfield is significant to try and help them defend, and they've just got to get back to their absolute best, the midfield. But he's right about the even competition. They're certainly not out of it. They've just got to rediscover their best football. Any one of those top five teams uh, could win the flag this year. There's no doubt about that. One triple three five three is our number. Pies fans, we want to talk to you. Where are you at with your club right now? Lena in Geelong, how are you feeling about Collingwood? I think that um, I've been to every game this year except for the interstate games, and I just think that we've become the hunted. We were the hunters, and I think we're a bit frazzled. Oh. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we, I watched the game last night, and I thought eight weeks ago we were going hard for every ball. It's like we just stood back and watched a lot of the game last night. Wouldn't say we, maybe we're done, but yeah, I'm worried. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Lena. Let's go to George in our tone. How are you feeling, George? Uh, good day, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, a little bit like Lena there from uh, Geelong. She um, she did nail it on the head with uh, the hunted and, and hunter uh, analogy. But I think even last night when I was there, from from my angle, all you could see is like massive spaces between the between the players. Like the the Lions just had way too much space. Um. Like I generally find that the pies will lose for two reasons: inaccurate kicking, or just not defending properly. And last night the Lions just looked like they owned the corridor; like they just did whatever they wanted. 
Has the Joey has the game plan changed across the year? I don't think so. No, I just think that they've been an aggressive team and it's worked and it's held them in good stead. But when it's not going their way, it's mm. getting exposed a bit. So it's just something they have to go back to the drawing board a bit and try and tighten up, as George has put beautifully. Yeah, Tom in Berlin, how are you feeling, mate? How are we, lads? Yeah, I'm still pretty bullish on the pies. I think uh, last night uh, was a bit of a dead rubber for us. Uh, Brisbane had a lot more to play for, needed top two. We're missing our three best players as well as our best small forward. I think uh, when you take those sorts of numbers out of a team, it really upsets the structure, and you can see that in our defence. But to go down to a full-strength Brisbane playing away last night by only four goals, I think wasn't a bad effort. And Lo- loads of calls coming through. Most people saying they're still glass half full on the Pies. Yeah. The Pies fans still feeling that they'll get it back in uh, September and hold that cup aloft, Jay-Z. Got to be a massive week. They play Essendon on Friday night, desperate to get back into some form, although I think bad news for Bo McCreary. The MRO will uh, uh, make their verdict this afternoon and this evening, but I think the wrecking ball forward will be missing for that Bombers class next week after a dangerous tackle on uh, Brisbane Lions' Darcy Wilmot. So maybe missing another gun player for that one. Triple M's. Dead Set Legends. I'll tell you what, we are still excited about the Matildas. I know they bowed out against the Poms. They were very good uh, the other night. But still a bronze medal up for grabs. 6 p.m. tonight, Suncorp Stadium up there uh, in Brisbane, Australia versus Sweden. Can't wait for this one. My lounge room will be very excited. We've got on the line Heather Garriock, of course, a former Matilda doing a great job for Channel 7. Welcome, Heather. Thanks for having me in a massive game tonight against the Sweets. Oh, it certainly is. So clearly for the players, there would have been that that sadness or that emotional drop-off um, after the loss to England. How do you think Tony and the crew would have been able to pick themselves back up to generate that excitement and enthusiasm for tonight? Look, it's the fans that, that, that would have picked the, the, the players up for sure. You know, the, the sound in the stadium when um, especially Suncorp and um, obviously, we played the French and, and that uh, momentous occasion when we beat them on penalties. It's We're back to the same gr- ground. It's like a cauldron there at Suncorp Stadium. And the players will be up for this. This is this is a bronze medal. We've never achieved anything like this in the history of the Matildas. And the players know that uh, whilst we're not at the World Cup final tomorrow, this is the next best thing. And you, you have to get up in front of, what, 45,000, 50,000 people, uh, Australian screaming fr- fans. It's amazing. Heather, what do you think it is about this team and this World Cup that's captured the imagination of Australians? Because I don't think we could have predicted six weeks ago that the nation would have come together like this for the World Cup. Yeah, look, a lot of people are shocked. Um, this has been a, 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 a long time coming. This this Matilda's brand has been, um, you know, picking up over the last couple of years and it's a credit to, to the players for sure. Look, they're very connected to the community. They're very connected to the fans is because... They're, I keep using the word pure, and what I mean by pure is they've come from a. This core group of players have come from a, a semi-professional, um, you know, contracts or, or representing Australia now to fully professional, and um, that does things uh, for you. You're very humbled by the and grateful by the the fans and 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 how you're being treated. And I just think the players have done such a brilliant job, and it's led by obviously our very own Sam Kerr, who has been brilliant both on and off the field as a leader. So, yeah, they're just super grateful. I, I, I know they are. I've spoken to some of the players, and it's just so great to see how connected they are to the community. 
And Heather, you just mentioned Sam Kerr there, and although the, the semi-final didn't go our way, to have that moment, the strike from Sam Kerr with the expectation on her and, and the tournament she'd had, where does that sit, do you think, in Australian folklore? Like, I think we're all reflecting, thinking this that is going to be one of the greatest sporting moments in any sport in Australian history. I agree. Yeah, most definitely. Um, between the, the penalty shootout with Courtney Vine and then yeah. for Sam to sc- score a worldie like that, that's just like you, you dream of that as a little girl. And I'm I'm really, really happy for Sam because that, that was her moment. You know, she, she scored and it, it, it was 1-1 with the Poms um, and she, she did it against the run of play. So, yeah, that just, just the whole goal. If, if that's not um, in the top 10 goals of the tournament, I'll be surprised. But for Australian sport, uh, definitely... Definitely one of the biggest moments ever. And in case you've been living under a rock and somehow <laughs> missed this goal, Leroy, can we hear it one more time? But Russo has her pocket picked, and here's Sam Kerr. She's going to need some support. Kerr running at Bright. Kerr with a shot. Oh, I say that's incredible! Sam Kerr, what a superstar, but already a superstar coming into this uh, tournament, Heather. She plays for Chelsea. We know how good she is. Of the rest of the squad, because what tends to happen at World Cup, the world's eyes are on these tournaments. Mm. Which one of our players is about to make a big move into the limelight and into primetime? Question. Yeah, look, I I think you cannot look past the the youth of Kyra Cooney-Cross, who plays in the midfield, originally from Melbourne, um, of course, and mate, she's had just such a, a great tournament. Um, she's, you know, been really mature in that middle of the park, held things together, and really connected with a, another youngster, Mary Fowler. These these two girls are our, our future, and um, obviously Mary's already overseas and at um, at City, uh, Man City, and no doubt we'll see a, a big move for Kyra. Um, she's obviously played in Sweden uh, this last year, but. Yeah, she's an absolute superstar, and especially in that midfield. And I like Claire Hunt, too, in defence. She is tough back there, of course. Uh, Mary Fowler, though, absolutely one to watch. Cannot wait to watch her play for the next decade, of course, for the Matildas. Heather, before we let you go, can we grab a, a quick tip for tonight? Yeah, most definitely. I, look, I think that the Aussies are going to get up, um, especially so they can finish off on a great note. And um, for the Matildas to uh, get that bronze medal that we haven't had a medal um, at any major tournament. So that'd be amazing if we could we could beat the Swedes. Uh, it certainly would be, of course, the FIFA Women's World Cup. The playoff for third tonight, Australia versus Sweden, 5.30pm on 7, mate, and 7 plus. Heather, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for that. You'll be watching? Yeah, uh, well, I'll be at the St Kilda Geelong game, but oh. definitely be keeping an eye on it. Hopefully, like the uh, semi final will be on the TV screens there. But I, I haven't told you guys, and now that we're sort of in the Women's World Cup fever and yes. women's football, that my uncle is actually coaches. He coached the Arsenal women's team, and now he coaches Juventus in Italy, the women's team. Stop it. Yeah, your uncle, uncle does. Yeah, uncle, yeah. How have you kept this under your hat? Well, it's so sort long. of something that hadn't really been spoken about, and now everyone's jumped on. Yeah, Joe Montemuto, or we called him Pep. Oh, right. he's, um, he was the Arsenal coach, and now he's coaching Juventus over there near right? the women's team. So. He was, I think, I think he was a chance before Tony Gustafsson. He might have applied for the Matildas job and maybe a future Matildas coach. So I do hey, have a connection. Can you stop <laughs> sitting on this stuff? That's Sorry. unbelievable. <laughs> Actually, while we're at it, I should have told you, my dad played in the 1974 World Cup team for Australia. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to. It just slipped yeah. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, how are we all not uh, wearing Juventus tops? Uh, <laughs> just to learn and grow together. Yeah. Exactly. I had a, For the game the other night, I had a gig down at Blackman's Brewery in Grovedale, mm. down at Geelong, mm. and the gig was due to start at 8 o'clock, and I rang the bloke. I said, brother, there's going to be no one there. Yes. 
So they ended up moving the gig forward so we could do gig into yes. uh, Matildas, which was good, which meant I raced home and listened to it on the radio. You the were first the warm-up warm act for the Matildas. I'll tell you what I was impressed though. My son, who's seven, he loved it. Yes. He really got into it. Which excited his dad a lot. What was it? 11 million people uh, watched it. So the yeah. kids are watching Amazing. it. We're watching it. Grandparents are watching it. The whole of Australia is watching it. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Go Matildas. Right, coming up next, uh, Limo, mm. top five. Can you give us a little taste? Well, it's a Matildas inspired. Of course it is. Looking forward to that. It's on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Limo's time for your top five. It is indeed where we all saw Sam Kerr do this on Wednesday night. But Russo has her pocket picked, and here's Sam Kerr. She's going to need some support. Kerr running at Bright. Kerr with the shot. Oh, I say that's incredible! She is going to need no support whatsoever. No. She will do it all by herself. <laughs> so that leads me to this week's top five. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's Limo's top five. Aussie sporting moments. The greatest Aussie sporting moments of all time. Here we go. All right. Karen now, when McCann. I get to Karen the McCann end, should be in there. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a couple that I've missed. So uh, <laughs> let me get through the list here first. All right. Coming in at number five. Well, I just have to go with this. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Come on, Richie. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. That was the ball of the century. Richie most didn't sub- seem that excited. Most subdued piece of commentary for the ball of the century. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, people often forget with the ball of the century, it was literally his first delivery yes. ever in a test match in England. Yeah. Yes, unbelievable. Just, uh, just incredible. So yeah. number five, ball of the century from Shane Warne. Coming in at number four, well, no one's going to forget this moment, are they? If John Aloisi can score this goal... Australia will be there. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. He's Australia have got it! (laughs) That was one of those. Can you remember where you were? Yes, yes. We were watching at the pub. Of course he was. Shirt (laughs) off, John John Aloisi. They were at Stephen Milne's house. A few of the Saints boys. Fraser Gehrig was there. I can remember going mad in the living room watching at the... uh, November 2005. Sam Kerr's better than that. No, because that got us into our first World Cup since 1974. The the penalty shootout is above Mm. the Aloisi moment for me. Do you reckon, Joey? Ooh. Ah, close, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Oh, good. No, this is, it's all up for discussion. (laughs) Coming in at number three. And Ono, here's the bell. One lap for gold. He's reaching back for one more gear. Trying to hold up Lee. They bump. They bump. Our first ever Winter Olympics gold yes. medal. What a moment. Yes. And it's entered the lexicon now to do a Bradbury. Yep. Yes. Is <laughs> where everyone else just falls over. Coming in at number two, well, Australia two, winning mm. the America's Cup, which led Bob Hawke, the Prime Minister, to say this. Tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up today is a bum. <laughs> <laughs> 
good yeah, year. Very There's good. a good documentary about that. I haven't watched yes. it. Yes. Um... It's the Untold series on Netflix. Yes. Great documentary. Highly recommend that one. And uh, But coming in at number one, well, there's, there's nowhere else we can go. It's going to be a big finish into the slate. Graham leads. Freeman runs up to her. Mary inside. Kathy lifting. Goes up to Graham. Takes the lead. Looks a winner. Draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. <laughs> what a legend. What a champion. What a relief. And what a relief. Indeed. Have I missed any? No, that, I can't think of any that spring to mind. They are the obvious, yeah. I've got a couple. What, yes. about, what about when Herschel Gibbs dropped the World Cup? Oh, yeah, boy, that was a good one. It's a bit glass half empty. but it, uh, I, know, I like it. That stays in my memory. Kidel Evans, Tour de France. Yes. Adam uh, Scott Masters. Pretty Adam, Adam Scott, Scott Masters. Masters that's Kieran right. Perkins that... winning gold from lane eight Yep, yep. was Dom, pretty good. Dom Sheed. Tom Boyd. Oh, oh, hello. Kara McCann. Heath Shaw's mother. The Heath Shaw's mother. I mean, the one I would have loved to have put in there is former Prime Minister Bob Hawke breaking the world record for sculling a yard glass (laughs) when he was at Oxford University. 11 seconds on a yard glass. I mean, take your hat off. Who would have thought that bloke's going to be Prime Minister one day? (laughs) Right there. Shane Warne's 700th wicket. And the hat trick too was pretty good. Yes. Plenty of contenders uh, right there, but uh, let's hope the Matildas have a win tonight. Yeah, be watching. Should be absolutely fantastic. Joey, can I ask you about the Blues? Big discussion. Harry Mackay, the number one banana or the spearhead of that uh, Carlton team coming back into the side, partnering with Charlie Curnow. A lot of debate about whether he's going to enhance the firepower or does it disrupt the mojo? Mm. They've been going. They've been the hottest team in the competition over the past two months. It's been interesting because the simple fact is it's obvious that he's a very good player and he's going to help us side. But when you've won eight straight and you're the most informed team in the competition, the question is how much upside is there versus how much does it upset the apple card? And it was more a conversation around, of course, he's probably going to come back in, but the coaching staff have just got to be a bit careful Mm. about not automatically thinking, putting all your big names in and it just, it'll make everything better. Mm. It doesn't work like that because a footy team with 18 players on the field, it's a sum of all parts and forward pressure and everyone playing their role is significant in a game. So they've uh, lost Lockie Fogarty through injury. So there's replacing a small with a tall, you know, their forward pressure has gone from being mid table, which you flagged early in the year, Jay Z to now being the second best in the competition over the last six or eight weeks. So look, we'll get a good look at it uh, today. The question is if it, if they happen to drop the game, and Harry doesn't play well, mm. what do they do then? Do they stick with it? So they get the chance to have a look at it. I'm sure that they'll figure it out, and he's a very good player. So hopefully, for Carlton fans' sakes, he improves what already has been the most informed team in the comp. I'll tell you what, there's some nervous Carlton fans out there. I've spoken to a, I was talking to a mate of mine last night as a Carlton fan. Yes. And he was getting nervous about finals. I said, But you can- are you in? And he goes, mate, I've done the ladder predictor a thousand times. We can miss the eight. Right? Oh, we have God. to beat Gold Coast. Can you yeah. imagine? That will be extraordinary. And the role of Patrick Cripps, I think he started the season a little bit slow, Joey, fair to say, and not expecting him to be in the All-Australian team. No. But he's been pretty significant. We've got to take yeah. our hat off to the to the skipper. It's all started in that engine room, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, it has. So they're, they're, I mean, to him turn around the season, he's been able to do with the Blues and get yep. them where they are. I can't wait to see him in finals. He's never Played in a final, Paddy Cripps. Like, yep. he's a guy that he's built, yeah. Lemo, just built for finals. He's 100%. Yeah. So, guys like him and Weedering and, and Sard have all played like 150 plus games, never played in a mm. final. So, good luck to them, but they've still got a couple little hurdles to get over first. <laughs> he's stuck by the Blues, hasn't he? He's yeah. had heaps of opportunities to go back to WA, whether he's from, of course, but he's certainly been a very loyal, a lot of resilience and persistence. What about the Western Bulldogs? 
I cannot get a read on the boys in the red, white, and blue for the absolute life of me. Your boys, the Hawks, knocked them over last week, Lamo. Really, really touched them up. In fact, <laughs> I didn't think the final scoreline really reflected the difference between the two teams. Because dominated three points in the end, but really, I mean, we... We just smashed them. We were toying with them down there. How many we? premierships are the Hawks going to win over the next five years? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, if we don't finish top four next year, I will be stunned. Oh. <laughs> what are you? What are you? Are you thinking? Oh, what, we, what can we say about the Bulldogs that we haven't already? I mean, we're not going to learn anything out of this weekend because they'll beat the West Coast Eagles. They'll win comfortably. Their challenge will come the final game of the year against Geelong, yes. where they probably have to win to play finals. So. Yeah, they're an enigma. They're a hard team to, fo- to sort out, hard team to catch. Can I tell you something about uh, John Newcomb? So in terms of champion data, keep this, great st- keep this great stat, most broken tackles. Now, Dustin Martin in 2017 broke through 68 tackles. And we all said he was impossible to tackle. He was, he was untackleable. He was, yep. Like you in your prime back in the day, Joe. <laughs> John Newcomb, the Hawthorne Raging Bull, mm. has had 46 broken tackles for the season, which is second all time since Champion Data have been keeping this stat. And against the Bulldogs at the weekend, I think they had um, a season low tackle rate, 54% uh, 54% success rate on their mm. tackling the Western Bulldogs. John Newcomb was cutting through him like tissue paper. He's a raging he, He's a unit. Cody Waitman nearly knocked himself out at one point <laughs> trying to run when he ran into John yes. Newcomb. Uh, he's doing a, he's a gun, John Newcomb. He's a star. Love I love him. Yeah. So and do, if you're doing a top 50 for next season, Joey, so pretend Robbo's top 50. Yes. Is John Newcomb a consideration for the top 50 players in the competition? Yep. Yeah, it has to be. Yep. Without putting a heap of thought into it, I would have him most likely in my top 50, yes. And to think that the Hawks got him as a mid-season, mid-season kick-up. I think they broke the rules with that one. The AFL. Yeah, 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 All above board, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, sure it was. Hey, I think the AFL closed the loop on the back of that. And just quickly, Adelaide versus Sydney. The Crows at home, they can make September two. Joey, they so. could be the sleeper. They beat Sydney. They'll definitely beat West Coast. They will be playing finals in Lima. If your Carlton fans are getting nervous, Ooh. they could finish eighth and play Carlton first week of finals. An Adelaide team coming to the MCG where they don't fear the mm. MCG. You wouldn't want to play the Crows in the first week of the finals. I've got St Kilda hosting the Crows in the first mm. week of the finals. Brodie Grundy dropped again from Melbourne. They play Hawthorne. I don't think Brodie Grundy will be at the Demons next season. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. You want to kick it off, Lee? I Mo? sure do, yes. Yep. Uh, I've got a couple of give me a spells, actually. First up, Tim Kale on Wednesday mm. uh, posting saying good luck to the Matildas, mm. and with it, posting a highlights reel of him. <laughs> from the, yes, yes, from the 2006 and 2010 That's World Cup. He did not. So give us a he did indeed on Wednesday. <laughs> oh give us a spell, Tim Kale. And the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, came out and said that they uh, this World Cup's grossed $900 million, only surpassed by the Men's World Cup in Qatar, and he said, but it's barely a break-even. Oh. And then everyone went, Where, yeah, where's we? that going? Oh, because they're famous for their accountability at FIFA. <laughs> can you show us the figures? Yes. And with that, he turned his back, chucked on a fur coat and climbed into a private jet and flew away. <laughs> Very good. Hey, Mike, give me a spell. He's Dev Robertson. Never seen a man be more reluctant to put his jumper back on <laughs> yes. than the Brisbane Lions hard nut last night. Have you night. seen his Instagrams gone from 11,000 to 20,000 oh, followers right. overnight? <laughs> Fact, yeah, that's amazing. So give me a spell, all you perverts that have added him. Hey, time for this, Leroy. Dead set Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food.
Mate, you are a legend. Two milestones that I want to celebrate. Tommy Emmett making his debut for Fremantle, had cancer as a 17-year-old oh. boy, playing his first game of AFL. Mate, good luck. Good on you. And Jack Higgins playing his 100th game, coming back from brain yes. uh, brain surgery. Well done to good, him too. I like so that. A couple of nice so, milestones. Joey Lima, you've been fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us on Triple M's Dead Set Legend. Stick around. The Saturday Rub coming up next. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. With Sportsbet's Bet With Mates new chat feature, you can now bet and banter all in the one place. So bet with mates chat now. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. These legends will be back next week. It's like Adele Santo Montana one, two, back in the day. <laughs>